Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's a big plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It's Eric, Kylan, and myself. And, oh, Mike. (laughs) How is everyone doing? Yes. You, Mike. Huh? Me? Uh, Who? What? You. You. Yes. yes. Hi, I'm no, Mike. you, Kylan. Hi, I'm Mike. Who me, are you? <laughs> Who are you? Who am I? I don't know. Who are any of us? <laughs> we are the Intrepid Trio. Uh, b- before we, we are. Before we get started with uh with this with this issue, uh, we do want to pass along our sincerest condolences to uh, to Stanley and his family for uh, over the uh, the passing of his wife of sixty nine years. Wow. Yeah, Ms. Joan Lee, uh, his uh, his wife, uh, passed away uh, earlier this week in Los Angeles. Uh, she had suffered a stroke earlier in the week. And, uh, yeah, uh, our sincerest condolences go out to him and his family. Uh, Marvel paid a tribute to her in a statement on Thursday, said, quote, We are so saddened to hear about the loss of Joan Lee. We lost a member of the Marvel family today, and our thoughts and prayers go out to Stan and his daughter Joan in this difficult time. Mm. Uh, they were married on December 5th, 1940. 47 and i'm telling you it, it's these days it's hard to get a marriage to last for nine years let alone 69 so yep uh, our our thoughts and prayers go out to to him and and uh, and and all all attached yep. man but coming into show recording tonight some semi breaking news <laughs> don't you mean double breaking, <laughs> double breaking news? news oh that's uh because uh, uh, I, I like what you did there, haha. Um, yeah, oh, we, well, we got this. Uh, uh, we have a, a, a bit of a uh, late, late, as I said, late breaking story. If we can um, put a finger on it or an arm, oh, so to speak. Jeremy, do Renner. you need a hand with this? <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? If Jeremy's hearing this. He's gonna come after me. And all right, Jeremy, I'm not laughing at you. I swear, I'm not. We, we, I just love puns. It's not my fault. Oh, but Jeremy Renner broke both of his arms in a stunt that went wrong while filming. Uh, now, he's currently working on uh, Infinity War, but it looks like uh, this uh, happened while he was filming another movie. I believe the movie is called Tag. Um, yeah, and so he broke. He said he should heal up before Avengers starts up again. He fractured his right elbow and left wrist. And he says, uh, and, and so he's in pain, still out out there doing whatever he's doing. Yeah. Um, 
I'm looking at the long arm brace he's in on his for his right elbow. I went through that before I had my nerve surgery done. Uh, I hope he doesn't stay in that brace long because if not, he's got shoulder issues coming. Mm. I'm not saying, but I'm saying. Uh yeah, it's I I'm I, I'm sitting there. It you know the the guy hats off to you, dude. But I, I I don't know how you're doing it. Like with both both arms. I remember what my I knew. I remember what it felt like. I broke my ankle, and I know what that felt like. Um, but yeah, so he's but you know so he uh, he's currently working on Infinity War. Uh, still healing up, I take it. Um, but he should be ready to go by the time they film the follow up to Infinity War because as we know that they uh, announced that they were going to be filming two Avengers movies back back and so what the next one's going to be but so he says he should be good to go but uh, let's hope. hope these aren't aren't serious serious fractures I mean well any fracture is serious but yeah right. it, some fractures are more serious than others so let's hope that this is in the grand scheme of things kind of minor just simply because we don't really want to wish broken arms on anybody no well no even people who we think may deserve it (laughs) well he says here uh and this was during uh a screening for a movie that he another movie that he's currently in called wind river uh he says uh that the injuries would not affect his ability to do his job uh, and the quote here is it won't stop the things that i need to do i heal fast i'm going and doing everything i can to heal faster so uh, dude i'm sorry you break two arms even if you break even if it's one elbow one wrist unless you're doing voice acting that's gonna impair your acting ability yeah elbow elbow wrist wrist Right, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so he he confirmed that uh, this happened while he was filming uh, a comedy called Tag, which was also shooting in Atlanta. So the plus side, it wasn't like he had to travel much, but still, you know. Um, but yeah, so he's managed to he's doing the press conference. He's doing press conferences for one movie, filming uh, Infinity War. Looking forward to filming the next Avengers movie. And uh, he's in pain, but he's uh, pushing through. So uh, golf clap, go. golf clap to you, uh, Hawkeye. That's all I have to say to that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, as we're recording, big movie from Sony and Marvel Studios co collaboration has come out. Um, I don't know. It, it, it could be that friendly neighborhood wall crawler. Mm, Isn't maybe. it like Insect Man or or the Human Spider or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, Arachnic, something like that. Kid, something. <laughs> yeah, Arachna Boy. That's it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Arachna Boy and liked it. Oh wait, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that was just kind of wrong. Send comments to... Sorry about that. Uh, You should be. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyhow... Spider-Man Homecoming is out. There, said it. Done. Good. But should we see anything before Spider-Man comes out? Or before we go see Spider-Man? People will tell you. People will tell you. You should see Captain America Civil War before you see this movie. And they're right. But that's that does not give you enough of the whole picture. And uh, our friends at CinemaBlend.com put out an article uh, two days ago, actually, uh, giving you three Marvel movies that you should see 
see right before Spider-Man Homecoming. Because really, even though this is a Sony picture at its heart, uh, it is set in the MCU, and there are several events that set that up. And, you know, not all of the movies, of course, you know, us, we're going to recommend you see all of them before you do, but that okay. could, uh, that could it, take it, a while. Except for Iron Man 3, Thor, and Thor the Dark World. Everything um, else is fine. Yeah, hold that thought, sir. Hold that thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first movie that they recommend is The Avengers, the first one. Yes. Yes. Uh, they say the the reverberations of the events of The Avengers are still being felt years later in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that very much extends to what we see in Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. The Battle of New York allowed the world to see real superheroes unite and prevent global annihilation, and one of the many that these characters wound up inspiring was Peter Parker. Uh, so re-watching this movie you give you a stronger insight into exactly what's going on in his head whenever he puts on the costume. Plus, Homecoming has narrative elements that tie directly back to the blockbuster. Okay. Mm-hmm. Their second movie that they say you should see before going to see Spider-Man Homecoming, as my computer not so patiently... Oh, here it is. Oh, well, what a surprise. Number two movie is Iron Man 3. <sighs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'll agree. Now, it basically what it is, they say um, it's a heavily debated feature among comic book movie fans, and part of that has to do with the comparatively little time that Tony Stark actually spends wearing his armor. The reality is, however, that his distance from his suit in the film is meant to drive home an important theme. The question of whether Tony himself is a hero or not, or if it's just all about the suit. See, that, that's not my problem with and the that, movie, but... I, I know that's not your problem with the movie, but this is not... Is Here's how it's relevant to Spider-Man Homecoming. It changes Tony philosophically going forward in the MCU, but it also has an impact on his relationship with Peter Parker. And it you I guess you see... Well, you can see in the trailers that he's kind of... Peter is kind of uh, really getting into his high-tech costume, but you do have to explore the question of, does the suit make the hero or does the hero make the suit and that's not exactly an original trope there you've seen it time and time again right in other in other uh in other stories and other franchises uh most importantly the uh the batman beyond animated feature uh the return of the joker and that that's kind of touched in there quite a bit so there you go that's two of the three movies and the third one should come as no surprise to anybody they are recommending captain america civil war and if for no other reason is because this is where you first see him. Right. I mean, Peter Parker, Spider-Man doesn't have a whole lot of screen time in this, but he has an impact. And these, and as it says here, the movie makes the minutes count. So, and plus you see where Peter and Tony where basically where their relationship begins. Yes. So I, I totally agree with this list because, well, first of all, Civil War is a no brainer. Right. You really need to see this before you go. Uh, Avengers. Yes because it pretty much sets the whole thing in motion. I mean, that was the culmination of phase one, but it was also the foundation for phases two, three, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, Iron Man 3, I get if you if you don't think that that's worthy of being included, but there is an element or two in that movie that relates to Spider-Man Homecoming, and it helps you. I would say two of the three are essential. Iron Man 3 puts the icing on the cake. 
See, I would still go Iron Man two. You could get by two out of three. Yeah. See, I would, I would do, I would do Iron Man two then I, before I would do Iron Man three. Why do you say that? Especially since they're talking that oh, the kid with the Iron Man mask that faces off with the hammer drone mm-hmm. is potentially, or they're they're saying now that's Peter Parker. And that, I was hoping you'd answer that. And that's where the bug, no offense, started. For him to want to be a hero because mm-hmm. he he feels he kind of stopped stopped the drone if not helped defeat that particular drone when the real iron man showed up right so all right i've just got to throw this analogy out there you guys watch the incredibles right yeah yep. you remember in the early part the the intro part of that movie where you see the little kid who calls himself incredible boy yep and you know i guess we can go ahead and just and not drop a spoiler in here because it's been out for so long that kid he becomes the major bad guy. Wait, you're seeing that kid's syndrome? Yes, I am, as a matter of fact. <sighs> really? Okay, never mind. I've, I've known I'm that. sorry, should I have gone? Spoiler alert here. I, I, no, see, I, now, I knew that. I gotta, go back on, I gotta go back and watch this. Dude, I, I mean, that, see, this that movie right there told me that Marvel was in good hands under Disney's umbrella. Right. Yep. If that can happen with Pixar. Yes. And then... The Incredibles is the best Fantastic Four movie yet. Yes. I agree. I and agree. it doesn't even use the characters. And then if you still question whether Marvel was in good hands, and then you come out, then they, you see Big Hero 6. Right. Yeah. Stan Lee wouldn't have done this, a cameo in Big Hero 6, which is based on a Marvel property, if he thought it was garbage. Right. Yeah. There you go. So, same but not same. But no, I th- I think um, I-, I think Iron Man two is the better choice than Iron Man three. To me, Iron Man three there were still way too many plot holes for it. Yeah, yeah. I-, I I almost hate to say it. Iron Man three felt like a DC film. Oh oh oh, oh snap! Oh, um, they just didn't know which direction they were going. Oh. Well, I have to agree. I have to agree because I kind of sat there, you know, is it, is it Tony trying to redeem himself? Is it Tony? He he doesn't have access. He, he ends up in the small town and he doesn't have access to armor. Right. But then all of a sudden is able to call his armor out of nowhere and all in the entire armory shows up. Right. Why didn't you do that earlier in the film? And then you could have grabbed a new suit of armor, grabbed the old armor and flew it back i understand I, you I gotta ass- create a movie but sorry plot hole i i assume that it was all just him trying to do it on his own because he still was dealing with the ptsd from uh, from the battle of new york that's what i thought but you know okay i'm just i'm just gonna say this about the the whole making a movie thing uh-huh door drop the ring in the lava okay no three ring Lord of the Rings movies. Right. Just saying. <laughs> You're, uh, it, it, it's true. It's about the journey, not the destination. I, I agree. Yeah. I yeah. do agree. But, you know. But, like, I don't, I don't know. To me, it's Iron Man 3 has got major plot holes. They, they they counterdict themselves within the film. With the sc- I'm, not, I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying sometimes trying to make a whole movie when it could very easily have been shortened, it, when it makes more sense. Right. To do something that would shorten it. Right. Now, if we saw, because he didn't even really try to call any armor. If we saw he tried to call, there was an issue, and the kid helps him with his biometrics thing to call. Mm -hmm. And while at it, trying to get the suit back up, that would have made more sense instead of, 
oh, this, I'm having problems with the suit. Let's get the suit fixed. Now, I understand throwing in the P, um, the PTSD. Cool. That that's fine. That kind of that kind of jives. But I mean, they were they were so loose with the Mandarin as well. That that was that was one of those. How do you kill a a movie franchise third film? So, or how do you kill a superhero franchise third film? Uh, oh wait, hold on. The, wait, uh, well, uh, Iron Man three, Iron it. Man three, Spider Man three, The Dark Knight Rises, S- Superman three. That, dude, why do you have to bring that one up? Batman, I, Batman Forever. As as much as I love the Riddler, um, I'm trying to think what other superhero films went more than three. Uh, well, let's see, Superman, Superman. And see, I actually, I actually didn't mind Blade Batman. Three. I didn't mind Blade Three. I thought Blade Two was the horrible one. Yeah. Well, I, I got to be honest. I watched the first one, and that's it. You know what? I went back and watched Blade Two a second. Like the first, the first viewing of Blade Two, it didn't quite sit well with. But I went back and watched. Watched it a second time, and it grew on me. I, I liked it. I had, the thing was the the first Blade movie to me was a more or less like a action. It was like a mix of action and horror. Whereas the second Blade movie had a little bit more, a little bit heavier in the horror than they were on the action. So it was a completely different movie. Now the third movie, I'm okay with the third movie. It's like my least favorite of the three. Right. You know, but see, I like I the third know. one. I like the third one better than the second one the only thing good i liked about the second one was the ending i thought it was a cool ending oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah so but Mm. captain america proved no you could do three solid films that is true thor's proving you could do two crappy films and and have a third film that's solid right right so that's that but you go and see spider-man you're gonna gonna go uh how come that scene from the trailers not in the movie (laughs) well this isn't the first time we've had that uh what was the what was the other movie that just happened recently where there was a scene in the trailer that didn't show up in the movie uh guardians no that's music that didn't from the trailer that didn't show up yeah right yeah okay yeah you're right which I, I I'm gonna put this out there because Guardians has been out long enough. During the end credits, you'll see Jeff Goldblum dressed as the as the as a game master, Grandmaster, Grandmaster, yes. Grandmaster in the in the closing credits. You do, you do. Easter egg. Um, <laughs> well, according to Movie Pilot, they they talk about this. Um, and the way it was explained, because um, in the tra- one of the big money shots from the movie is, or from the trailer is, is absent. That's Iron Man and Spider Man flying through Queens. Um, according to director John Watts, this is what he had to say to Screen Crush. I think what happened was in the very first trailer, they wanted a shot of Spider Man and Iron Man flying together. And they were going to do something, or going to use something from the Staten Island, Island ferry scene, but it just didn't look great. The background plate, because the Staten Island terminal is a very simple building, it looks like an unrendered 3D object. So I was like, well, let's just put them in Queens and use, use that as a backdrop, because we couldn't just create a whole new shot. So let's just use one of these shots of the subway and put them in there. 
So. You know, if we if we really knew how much stuff like that actually went on, right? As movies are created, we probably would not even blink at this, right? Well, I mean, there's there's so much that there's so much that winds up on the cutting room floor. Well, like the vulture's introduction from the trailer, where he flies down through the atrium, is also missing. Mm-hmm. Um, but this isn't the first time it's happened. Sam Raimi's first. Spider-Man trailer featured a shot of Tobey Maguire backflipping onto a car in his regular costume. Um, But it had been digitally altered in the film as he's wearing the wrestling costume. And then trailers for The Amazing Spider-Man also featured some unused scenes, including something else that could have been described as a money shot. The initial trailer featured a first-person sequence of Spider-Man moving quickly through New York, including web-slinging, wall-crawling, and generally doing everything a spider can. In the final film, the first-person shots appeared very briefly, contradicting how important they looked in in the trailers. Um, And of course, marketing rules at all oh rogue one has some shots because we see in the rogue one trailer jens goes out on that extension bridge to to resync the the satellite and a tie fighter appears yet in the movie there is no tie fighter during that sequence so um but marketing also has a has an issue in this too the film's producer want to build up excitement for the film so in order to do this sometimes they have to mislead audiences a little why Why can't some scenes just be for the trailer? I mean, in a sense, it's a mini-movie teasing teasing the, the movie. Well, you know, okay, the, here's the thing. There are certain scenes that seem really cool, and you and as you're watching that, you're wondering what the context of that scene is, like what happened before, what's going on during. You know, you kind of, and it, oh, that's a cool shot. I want to see what that's all about, you know? Like, um... <sighs> I'm trying to think there are there's and, and it seemed like I've noticed this. I don't know if it's always been that way or because I don't remember being a kid and missing scenes like that. Uh, but I guess it's always been that way. But it seems like I've noticed recently as I'm watching a trailer or as we get different versions of different trailers, I'll see a scene. I'm like, OK, I wonder what's going on in that part. That looks really, really cool. And then all of a sudden it's not there. You know, I think part of that is probably from the fact that growing up, we didn't obsess over trailers no. like we do now. And, and by we, I mean geek culture as a whole. Because, no. well, for one thing, we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have On Demand. We didn't have Netflix or any kind of any kind of way to uh, to to call up these trailers on demand, no. pause them, dissect them, Mm-mm. and then debate on these with geeks all over the country. No. Right. So, probably, what I would think growing up we probably saw plenty of footage that uh, in the trailers that wasn't in the movies we just never noticed and and, and that's and that's probably true too i mean i think like i i not as i remember growing up and loving movie trailers but unless i was in the theater or i was watching at the movies yeah gen- generally you only got trailers as part of commercials and that wasn't very often you know yeah it was true i mean you would get you would get a tv spot but that's you wouldn't get many no and they wouldn't be playing them for six months before the movie comes out no 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 you might there might be something that's that's rather glowing that you might catch but odds are 
you wouldn't. Right. Hmm. I guess it w- really wasn't until YouTube, I guess, that we really, that geeks as a culture were able to, like uh, like you said, we were able to get movie trailers on demand and, and like you said, dissect them and digest them and, you know. Right. Because now you've got you've got these blog articles saying everything we noticed in the Star Wars Episode 8 trailer. Right. Or, or everything that we noticed in Spider-Man Homecoming. Right. And, and we have done it on this show. We yeah. Have, we, have deci- we have dissected Marvel trailers. It's just, it's the nature of the beast now. So now when you have somebody using footage in one way for a trailer and not in the movie, or uh, to put it to a, to you, we are far more likely to notice that. That's right. true. And we are far more likely to consider it significant. And, and you know, at the same time, and just kind of throwing this out there, uh, for all we know, the fil- the footage that we're missing may show up in the European the European uh, cut of the movie, or maybe in the director's cut. cut DVD. Right. You know, there's there's so many different ver- versions out there. I mean, uh, and, I ha- and I hate to mention in the uh, our distinguished competition, but there is. I, and I've seen both endings. There's two distinctive endings for Superman 2. Okay, so there's one where, uh, no, the, uh, the, during that final scene in the Fortress of Solitude, uh, it looks like mm-hmm. Superman mm, more or less finished off the villains of Krypton because they're no longer, they're, they're gone, no longer to be seen. But then there's another scene where you see Arctic police, I guess, who are present and, and he has them all, you no, know, neatly tied up in a bow or whatever, uh, having them carted off. Now, the the version I remember seeing, the version I saw in the theater, it didn't have that. But one day, I was watching um, Superman two on TV, and I see this ending, and I'm just like, this wasn't in the version that I saw, you know. And but apparently, that was a different uh, edit of the movie. But you know, so there's that too. Right. Yeah, I can, I can see all that. But you think Homecoming and the projected sequel is is going to be it with, with Spider-Man? Um, I think there's a little bit more there. Uh, How yeah, many do you uh, think? Uh, according to uh, Mr. Feige, he's saying uh, five thereabout. Um, and so, and, uh, Feige, you know, is, was one of the, uh, is the, 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 the person over Marvel Cinematic. And, you know, he, uh, was largely responsible, I guess, for, uh, the, this deal between Marvel and Sony, which is why we got Spider-Man and Captain America Civil War. Uh, and the reason why Marvel got to have their hand in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, which uh, looks like there's going to be um, a five-movie arc for Spider-Man. Okay, uh, and as we we already know that there is a sequel planned for Spider-Man Homecoming, um, and uh, and this is a quote from uh, Mr. Feige himself. Uh, we are looking, and uh, sorry, I said we are looking at a five-movie storyline. 
Nine, Civil War, Homecoming, Avengers, Infinity War, Untitled Avengers, Homecoming 2, or whatever we end up calling it, as an amazing five-story journey for Peter Parker, Feige says. Uh, in the way that the events of Civil War directly inform the opening of Homecoming and his state of mind as he goes back to high school, so too will the events of the next two Avengers movies as he continues with high school. This original 22 movie arc ends with the untitled Avengers in May of 2019 and then two months later it will be Peter and Spider-Man on July 5th 2019 to usher us into the aftermath and how things proceed from there. So uh, so we're so it looks like we we started this journey with Captain America Civil War and uh, and so apparently Spider-Man Homecoming is considered the sequel to this story and then we're just going to proceed from there uh, up to onwards to ending with Spider-Man Homecoming um i you know what i'm excited uh based on you know i i I will say that did get to uh view spider-man homecoming last night um and the the short of it is this wow wow and wow uh it is everything that we have hoped for in a spider-man movie and i will say that now my wife is not a fan of spider-man she's but she wanted to go because she's a fan of marvel of the MCU, okay? Right. So sh- she walked out of this movie and even she said that she enjoyed. I, I will say that uh, and I've seen almost all of the Spider-Man movies out there. This is probably the best Spider-Man movie I've ever seen. There you go. Well, I'm going to say, if you liked, if you like Spider-Man or a fan of the Spider-Man film that's, that's out now, I say go to MightyMarvelGeeks.net, scroll down, hit Ripped Apparel, see if there's any Spidey mashup shirts available, like the droid shirt we gave away at Celebration. Also, too, check out SuperheroStuff.com. See if the see if the Spider-Man box is still available. Costume hoodie is inside every box, but they got some great Spidey stuff, like a, a nice thirty-nine thirty Spider-Man Homecoming hat that is coming my way, or or the <laughs> or the Skulls hat that's on there. Some cool things coming. Oh yeah. So sorry for the shameless plug, but <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with uh, that. But check them out. Uh, click the links on the site to get there. Uh, some great stuff: shirts, hats, mugs, credit card wallets, buttons, pins, lanyards, hats, t-shirts, almost everything. So um, now Kevin Feige, though, he gives us an update on Blade's future with the MCU. Uh, this comes to us from Screen Geek. Um, Blade's one of those characters that they have Marvel hasn't used yet since gaining the rights. Now we've talked about oh potential Midnight Suns using Ghost Rider, Moon Knight, Blade, uh, having it set West Coast, um, or having its own series on Netflix. Despite the because did y'all ever watch the the series back in two thousand six on Spike? I I'm not gonna talk about it. <laughs> yeah. First episode was great. That's it about was. It. That was about yeah. it. Now, in October of 2016, Feige gave a bit of an update. Uh, quote is, they didn't ask a long time, or they did ask a long time ago, and I think our answer was no. 
We'll do something with Blade at some point. That's still the answer. We think he's a great character. He's a really fun character. Uh, you know, this movie, Doctor Strange, going into a different side of the universe has fun potential for him to pop up in between the movies, the Netflix shows, the ABC shows. There's so many opportunities for characters to show up. As you're all seeing now with Ghost Rider on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that rather than teaming team up with other studios with that character, we'll do something cool on our own. What is what that is and what that will be, we'll see, but there's nothing imminent to my knowledge. Of course, he shows up in the next episode, and he laughs. So now in a new interview um, with Joe Blow, uh, what was it? JoeBlow.com. Uh, we think it would be cool. Someday my tenure at, uh, someday my tenure at Marvel started 17 years ago and there were two things sort of, sort of launched the modern era. One was X-Men, which was one of the first thing that people said, Oh, there's life here. But a few years before that, there was Blade, a character nobody had heard of, had only appeared in a few issues of Tomb of Dracula or something, turned into a big franchise. That was always a great lesson for me, where you go. It doesn't matter how well the, known the character is, it matters how cool the movie is, which many years later would be the reason why, or be the reason we do Guardians of the Galaxy in Doctor Strange. I think Blade is a legacy character now, and I think it would be fun to do something with him one day. Um, and of course, he actually talked about Wesley Snipes, you know, expressing interest. He goes, I can break the story right now. Marvel and I, Wesley Snipes, have decided to have further conversations about doing another Blade. It's a topic of conversation. You know, it's inescapable. They have their agenda, we have ours, and we're both moving forward at an accelerated pace to create magic. So we'll see if it all matches up. There's a strong possibility. If not, we'll have another project that's going to rock them. They'll stand toe-to-toe with Blade. And Snipes continued, um, I mean, I know it's in the comic book. It would be interesting to see where they would place him and where he really would fit in. He's got he's got to bite somebody. I don't know who he's going to bite. Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> and then um, Anthony Mackie says back in March, I pretty I pretty much want to grow up to be Wesley Snipes. If we could bring back Blade, I'd definitely be Blade in every Blade movie. And that was uh, Anthony Mackie saying that. So if Falcon so dies, Falcon. he could bring him back as Blade. Hey, dude, you're Falcon, man. That's it. <laughs> you're done. Unless you go to DC. Yeah, there you go. So, I think that wraps up the movie news. Uh, yeah, I would say it does. I, I will say, though, to, to wrap up, Spider-Man. Go check out the Spider-Man app for the for your cell phone. One of the features is you can access Peter's phone and listen to his voice messages. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty entertaining. Really? They're pretty entertaining. Anything so, from Aunt May? Uh, let me see. I don't remember. Wait, wait, wait. Peter Parker's phone. And it goes through the whole connecting uh, voicemails. There's Ned, Michelle, Ned, Michelle, Michelle, Ned, Michelle, 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 Ned, Michelle, Ned, Michelle, Michelle, Ned, Ned, Michelle, Ned, Michelle, Ned, 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 Michelle, Ned, Michelle, 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 Ned. No, I'm seeing a pattern here. No, Aunt May. You know why? You know why? 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 I don't know. I was hoping one of y'all would know. Because she left him 25 text messages. Well, there you go. I made one of those text messages isn't I've got to have dinner with Eric from Mighty Marvel Geeks, is it? Uh, no. Dang! <sighs> 
a do, guy can dream. Is it is it wrong for me to feel creepy that I I feel like I'm eavesdropping on a conversation between May and Parker? You kind of are. Yeah, well, you know, kind of are. I'm I'm going to fly the hell of bus up to Queens. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Tell Aunt May I'll wait for her, but not too long. Uh, He's got 12 messages from Tony Stark. 12 from Tony? Yeah. Wow, okay. Or there's 12 messages between him and Tony. There's some photos. uh, There's videos. So, yeah, I mean, this this is pretty cool. You also get uh, an AR suit explorer, gifts and stickers, photo filters. You can watch the trailer. You can buy tickets. All from this app. I wonder if they're going to do something like that, Thor. I don't know. Wait, I can't, I can't see Thor using the phone, though. That's the thing. I don't know. But we, we all know how Secret Empire has launched. We know how the whole Cap going hell Hydra has gone over. People, needs, people including Cap, need Snickers bars. Um, <laughs> but how, how are other companies looking at this? Okay, well, you know, this, uh, this sounds bad, and let's face it, it is, but it's not the first time that uh, that a relaunch or redirecting of Captain America has uh, has pro- has produced results. We'll just put it that way. Uh, of course, Captain America was uh, created back in 1941 with. Uh, with Jack Kirby and uh, oh snap Joe Simon yeah Joe yeah. Simon uh, once you know they once they created Cap they went on to do other stuff but uh, in 1954 Marvel decided to quote unquote relaunch Cap with new creative team and quote unquote fresh direction uh, they launched a counter series the Fighting American ah yes okay uh, yeah I mean he had a very similar costume very similar powers he basically he he sounded and looked kind of like a cheesy uh a, a shameless grab at trying to cash in on cap popularity right but can you really call it that when the guys that created cap created the fighting american no but i the thing is the fighting american actually had some success it was um it was kind of a parody of superhero stuff mm-hmm. uh they said that they say that their intention was to show what cap Captain America stories were all about, right? So, right. Um, the the satire, the parody part of it is is kind of what made the show, uh, or not the show, but the series successful. Well, fast forward to 1990, in the 90s, when uh, Rob Liefeld was kicked off another Cap reboot, and I think this is part of the Heroes Reborn uh, fiasco. Yes. Uh, he acquired the rights to Fighting American, so he could basically do the same. He's just like, you know, well, well, dang it, if they won't let me play with the real Cap, I'll buy the rights to this cap and i'll do my stories with him well why am i telling you all this well there's a reason and that reason is not to pad out the show the uh, reason is that come october 11th of this year uh british-based publisher titan comics is bringing the fighting american back once again and quite frankly they are making no bones about it they are not uh, even being subtle about it they are definitely taking aim at hydra cap with a uh well 
that they tweeted out on the 4th of July, mind you, on the 4th of freaking July, this British publisher tweeted out artwork that had like the fighting Americans chest emblem. And it says, no secrets, no empires, just an all American hero. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, that's a major mic drop right there. Yeah. That that's, that's, that's what they call savage. Just a, yeah, just a bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how much of, of this run is going to be satirizing secret empire. I don't know, but just judging on, on this piece of artwork, I think there's going to be a fair amount of it. And I'm just going to say, I think it's well-deserved. Oh, yeah. I do. An all-American hero. There you go. It's, you know, I, you know, the fact that Marvel has doubled down, tripled down on this, they're in their, you know, the end, you know, they, they're, they're, they are hunkering in on this. Um, I, you know. Yeah, they've extended it. Like, there, there, there has to be some heck of a payoff for this if they're, if they are doing what they're doing with a character who has um what 70 75 76 years yeah, 75 of history years. well at this point in time over 75 years yeah yeah so like 76 i think years of history now um i don't you know i see i don't think i don't think they're going to be able to walk back from this it, probably not it, it's it's this is going to this is a tough tough sell i mean and i'm one of those, uh, I'm, i am not i'm far from a marvel apologist but you know when they they say well just wait you know you'll understand why and i'm like okay but you know at this point on, on top of that we're talking about all right we're talking about rebooting a universe that was rebooted 12 months ago really well, th- this is all stuff we talked about last week with with jc it is. about it is. it is i mean how many times is marvel never rebooted until secret wars and now they're rebooting again and again and again because they don't know what to do in regards to to dc well and- you know, and I'm sorry if you have to come out and beg your readers to stick with something. You failed. Yeah, there's just no way to sugarcoat that. No, it's um, it, yeah, if I, you have to come out and say we hear you, but please stay with us. Not only have you pretty much failed to grasp the attention, yeah. oh, you've got attention. You you have failed to to cultivate the following. You have hoped. Yeah. Not I, only that, but you are setting yourself up for such an impossibly high bar to make all the they say trust us it'll be worth it well you've got millions of comic book fans that are saying well it darn well better be yeah and you know and won't be unto anyone who greenlit this process if it's not you know, I mean, in uh, in two years, I have gained books, lost books. Um, I, I've, I've changed my pool list more times in the last two years than I did in the maybe 10 years prior to, you know. And it's not your own choices, is it? No, it's not. No. I mean, and you know, there, there, there's been some good books out there. Now, mind you, like, and, and we've talked about this before. There are some books that were a little heavy handed in some of the social stuff. And, you know, that. And, you know, those books, you know, unfortunately died. And there were some characters I felt like that were not handled properly. And those books, unfortunately, died. And, and I think that maybe instead of making it a numbers game, they need to make it more about quality. And, and it's maybe I feel like maybe it's what they're doing now, because like, you know, they're they like what they've done with um, Nick Fury. OK, now 
I kind of take issue with what they've done with Black Panther because you ended up with Black Panther. You had you had Black Panther. You had World of Wakanda. You had Black Panther and the crew. And I'm like, okay. And two of those books are already canceled. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, what, you know? what was that one by David Walker that we had talked about? Occupy. Oh, Avengers? Uh, no. No. Uh, the. Oh gosh. Um. Oh, Nighthawk. Nighthawk. Yes. Yes. And, and, and we said if. If they had just waited on that book mm-hmm. or waited on him to write that book until mm-hmm. now, yes, I think that book would have been more successful now. It would have been. I think the book started off pretty heavy. It started. It started lighting up. But because but, well, and David, but the, oh, it, David, but the tends, book. Oh, go ahead. But life kind of caught up to the book. It did. It really did. And and then he. It, I mean, he he couldn't predict the future, but it kind of happened. It, it did. I mean, because uh, of, of unfortunately, that that was a case of life imitating art. And um, whereas now, I like I said, if that book came out now, I felt yeah. like it probably had been a bit more successful. Well, and, um, and, we, and we talked about it then too. It, it was just poor timing with that book. It it really was. People were looking for an escape, and they weren't getting it with that title because you're reading. No, it, it was. Oh, more I'm, I'm seeing this in the news. I'm seeing this on all my Facebook and Twitter feeds. I don't want to read about this now. Exactly, and, and it was feeling like that for me too. Like when I first get, when we first got the book, I'm like, okay, you know, it, it was kind of different from what I normally read. So I'm like, okay, this is cool. I'm enjoying this. But then the summer of 2016 happened, and I was just like, oh crap, no, no. I'm and I'm like, okay, I, I've I've gone from the news to my Twitter feed, and I pick up a comic, and it's more the same you know right, right. yeah so it, it, it you know it's, it was unfortunate it really was and uh, it was a well written book don't get me wrong but like you said timing is everything in that situation you know right yeah so I'm assuming that kind of wraps it up for news yeah, that's all I got like Forrest Gump that's all I got to say about that <laughs> <laughs> well alrighty then that means it's time for that's our picks of the week. Uh, Want to thank the Shazbots for the use of the song "Comic Book Shop." You can find it on iTunes. So, um, Kylan, why don't you start us off? Awesome. Okay. So, speaking of canceled books. <laughs> My first pick is Black Panther and the Crew, number four. Uh, the writer is Ta-Nehisi Coates. Artist is Butch Geis. And the cover artist is John Cassidy. Luke Uncaged. In the wake of the death of his close friend and mentor, community pillar Ezra Miller, Luke Cage sets out to stop the siege on the streets of Harlem. And he's not the only one. Black Panther, Misty Knight, and Storm all have a stake in the fight for Harlem's future. But in order to save the future, they'll have to uncover the dark truth of Ezra's past. Okay. Uh, Eric, why don't you go next? Okay. My first pick of the week is Rocket Number 3, written by Al Ewing. Art by Adam Gorham, with cover art by Mike Mayhew. Rocket in the Hooskow. He's doing bird up in the toughest stir in the sector. The brutal space prison they call the colon. <laughs> That's what it says. The colon. It's a living mm. hell with no exits and a tailor-made punishment for every inmate. 
And if Rocket can't break out in one night, he'll get broken out. Wait, what? How does that work? <laughs> Don't know. Well, my first pick of the week is Unbeatable Squirrel Girl number 22, or The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl number 22. Uh, when Doreen Green and Nancy Whitehead enter a mysterious programming competition, they don't suspect that the prize for winners will be an all-expense-paid trip to... A savage Land. That was probably the wrong voice that's come out. Yes, the Savage Land, also known as a mysterious tropical region of Antarctica that we discovered is actually populated by dinosaurs. In the Marvel Universe, I mean, in our universe, the only thing ever discovered in that region was a note from Robert Scott's doomed expedition to the South Pole. He arrived there weeks after his competition. Roland, Roald Amundsen got there first, which read in part, this is an awful place and terrible enough for us to have labored to it without the reward of priority. The story of the of those Arctic expeditions is fascinating, but ours is pretty fascinating too. Plus it has Squirrel Girl and Dinosaurs in it. So maybe read up on the other ones and definitely check out our comic right away. <laughs> Intern made some coin on that one. I would say so. So, Kylan, your number two pick. My number two pick is Hulk. Number eight, the writer is Mariko Tamaki. Uh, the artist is George Duarte. And the cover artist is John Tyler Christopher. <gasps> no. Uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, Let Them Eat Cake Part 2. As Jen struggles to use her Hulk persona in a constructive manner, an innocent person must contend with an unlikely transformation of their own. Okay. Uh, Eric, you're number two. My number two is Darth Vader number three. Written by Charles Soule, art by Giuseppe Camoncoli, uh, with cover art by Jim Chung. Vader sets his sights on a Jedi who's avoided Order 66. <gasps> no. dun, 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 uh. If I remember right, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that is exactly it. Oh, the well. intern got so tired out from writing yours <laughs> that he didn't have much <laughs> left for mine. Well, he came back with, with mine again, because I went with Spider-Man two number one and it's a five issue uh mini this is it true believers the moment five years in the making is finally here the first time peter parker and miles morales meet ended with a question who is the miles morales of the marvel universe now that now that the miles you know and love is with peter in the marvel universe you're finally going to get that answer to who the other miles morales is and that's just the tip of the iceberg as Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah Pacelli bring you the next heart-stopping adventure for both Peter Parker and Miles Morales. I kind of like those two Spider-Men. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, I think this is... See, this is what I like. When the, this whole issue of diversity in Marvel and how the diverse characters, people are saying, well, we don't want them. That's baloney because we right. do want these characters. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason that we have liked Steve Rogers as Cap and Tony Stark as Iron Man and Clint Barton as Hawkeye and Peter Parker as Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. The Marvel Universe is big enough for two Spider-Men. It is. Yeah. What, you know, this, this is this is how you work it. If, if the doll competition can do um, Moon Knight Incorporated, I mean Batman Incorporated, mm-hmm. 
Oh, you, oh my, you're right. You went there. Yes, you did. I, I you went, went, oh. I went there. Even though the argument's going to be Moon Knight's a copy of Batman, for the sake of my argument, I went there. You, you know what? Technically, he's not. Oh, and I get, I get, I, I have to admit, I get such a burr when people talk about Moon Knight is a knockoff on Batman. He is so not because Moon Knight, we're talking about three distinct personalities within this one person. Technically, four. Four distinct personalities within the one person. Whereas right. Batman, Batman is really just Batman. Even when he's Bruce Wayne, he's still Batman. Right. But, you know, when each of the characters that, that is Moon Knight, when he's when he's the billionaire, he talks about the other characters in third person. When he's the mercenary, he's talking about everybody else in third person. It, it be, okay, true, he does have some psychological issues, but that right there alone makes him completely different Batman, I'm just saying. There is right. a difference between original and unique. Oh, yeah. Yes. And they are not mutually exclusive. No, they're not. No. Now, um, shoot, I forgot where I was going. Oh, <laughs> why couldn't they do something like they've done with the Spider-Verse and, and turn it into like a Sp- Spider-Man Incorporated type concept where they're a team. Spider-Man and- family. Yeah. Well, and they, they, and they, you know, they, sp- and they spread out either across the U.S. or across the world. But they kind of touched on that a little bit in Ultimate Spider-Man. Now, now, true, the way they handled it was him traveling through different dimensions and meeting the different Spider-Men in those different dimensions. Right, right. right. But but still, yeah, I'm like, you know what? If if for some reason, um, and it, it, to me, it makes scientific, it's t- scientifically logical that Peter Parker would not be the only person to get spider abilities and you know what like you said spread it around because somebody asked me the other day why is new york get all the superheroes and i'm like mm. you know <laughs> i would love one. to see i would love to see peter parker miles morales Miguel O'Hara and Spider Gwen all team up on something. Yeah, because yes. you got four, and, and even th- and throw in Spider Woman, throw in Silk. Yes, just I mean the the distinguished competition have like fifteen thousand speedsters, and they have no problem putting them all together on the same problem. And all you're doing is running really fast. I'm just saying. So all know, you're doing is running really fast. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. You yeah. know. So I mean, at least if you if you have spider abilities you got some other things going on that you that you can you know contribute to the party so oh yeah yeah so <laughs> well um i guess let's move on to number three okay uh my number three is a number three defenders number three the writer is brian michael bendis uh the artist and the cover artist is david marquez the punisher strikes when the mean streets of marvel more with the mean streets of marvel more dangerous than ever what could possibly make frank castle turn on his fellow vigilantes don't they all want the same thing another dangerous chapter of the hottest new team in all of comics brought to you by the same people that gave you Miles Morales and Invincible Iron Man. Okay. Um, Eric, you're number three. My number three is a number 10. It is Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme number 10. Written by Robbie Thompson. Art by Javier Rodriguez. And once again, the intern got worn out on the description from yours. <laughs> the sorcerers <laughs> go to the future to try and save Wiccan's life. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. 
song? Well, my number three is Star Wars Dr. Aphra number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Be <laughs> seeing nine. you. Oh, sorry. Caught in a Beatles moment. Um, Aphra's back with a brand new plan that's guaranteed to pay. There's just one teensy problem, but I love this cover. Yes. Um, the what trips BT um, black car Kazan and then you you kind of see Afra in a dress that's very Leia esque. Yep. So, and I'm just gonna say once again how much I love having Afra in the new canon. I so much. We know R two D two C three PO are the original odd couple. Yes. We know from Rebels you have Chopper and AP five that are the odd couple from the Rebels franchise. Uh, you you still have C three PO R two D two carry over into the prequels into the Clone Wars, but now for the comics you got Trip in BT. I want them as figures so bad. So bad. <laughs> I mean, you could you could almost do... I mean, if you go out and get a Death Star droid, you could do AP5 and Chopper. Problem is, with that look, Chopper's got more of an anime... the animation look than the realistic look of AP5, or what would be AP5. I would love for him to see an, an, the animated AP5 look for the Death Star, Death Star droid and release it. So you could put it with a Chopper. And then that would be my one of my new favorite displaces, having the three different, the good, the bad, and the neutral. <laughs> good, the bad, the really? ugly. You know you want to say that. Actually, I was thinking the good, the bad, and the psycho. Because <laughs> <laughs> Chopper, Chopper and AP5, they're, they're kind of nuts. But they all exhibit the similar characteristics. So, um, Kylan, why don't you go with your Marvel Unlimited pick? Well, uh, I, 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 I'm a fan of pairing things together. And so my, uh, pick, my Marvel Unlimited pick is Amazing Spider-Man number two. Uh, the writer is, actually, this is kind of going back a bit, obviously. Uh, the writer is Stan Lee. The artist is Steve Dicko. And the letterer is John Duffy. The Vulture's Rampage in Manhattan be- begins. Can Spidey take down the avian menace? Yes, this is the first appearance of the Vulture. Uh, so, you know, it's a it's an interesting study if you were to read this before going going to see uh, Spider-Man Homecoming uh, and and noticing what they kept and what they changed with the Vulture um, as far as you know translating him for a modern audience but still keeping true to the character it, it, it was right. they did a good job they did a good job I was just about to ask I was just about to ask how good a job did they do they did you know they uh, they, they do a really they do an amazing job of connecting everything you know from the Battle of New York uh, to Civil War uh, and how it affects everyone from you know Avengers level heroes down to the little person on the street. Um, and so and it, I, I, I there's so much I want to say and I can't. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe you know uh, maybe once we get back I'll be able to get more into it. But yeah, you well, guys have to see it and then we can talk about it. I'm not gonna say 
get back. I mean, next week we we have a great guest with us. We got Jordan White, yes. who's the editor we of do. Deadpool and the Star Wars titles. That's uh, true. So that that's going to be a great conversation that uh, that we're all looking forward to having, especially after Eric and I met him at Celebration. This is going Lucky. to be a very very good issue next week. Uh, yes, if you're listening yes. to this right now, be sure to be back here next week. Yeah. Yes, it's going to be awesome. Um, uh, I, I, I think we have scored high with with JTC, John Tyler Christopher. Uh, I think mm-hmm. we scored high with with um, JC last week from Coliseum of Comics, mm-hmm. uh, which was some right. great insight on what what goes on in the retailers' world and and, and what the retailers want to see. And uh, it's nice knowing. Okay, we we see the retailers understand where some of Marvel's going, mm-hmm. but they but to to see that point of view of what they want to see and how they think what they think would sell because they're there right. compared to what we the fans want to see and what we right. think would sell right. and what Marvel's actually selling right is is an interesting twist i i gained i gained deeper uh it, although I, I i i like my uh local comic shop i really do but i gained a deeper appreciation for the balancing act that he has to achieve uh from a retailer standpoint you know that that's the things that we don't see you know because right. we're just in there on wednesday to get our stack and then go and so you know to to hear from somebody who's actually down there in the trenches and you know and all this all the things they have to do uh to make sure that they're serving the customers but at the same time same time still operating a business you know it, it, it it's that that's tough yeah yeah you know so well on that note any final thoughts i nah. once again all thought it out all thought it out here too well just a reminder check out our affiliates on the homepage MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Uh, you can always f- contact us on Twitter at Uncle Servo Bluesman. I can't, I can't remember the eleven o three. Eleven o three. Of course, Marvel Marvel Geeks, and you can email us at mmg at MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Uh, we love to hear from you guys. Uh, you know whether it's comments about the show or. St- something you want to see us talk about um so i think that's going to wrap it up uh jarvis if you would please all wrapped up here sir will there be anything else nope just time to go dark so just trying to think um the debate about the movie you know Civil War, yes, need to see. Avengers, you need to see. What other movies outside of Iron Man 3 could you put in that third spot? You just can't let go of this, can you? No, I can't. Uh... 31 seconds. Uh, you know what? Iron Man 2 is a good choice. Yeah. I say Avengers Age of Ultron is a good one, too. Yeah. 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 Maybe some of the Netflix, like Daredevil or Aegis of Shield. See, I, I think Ant Man. Since there's the mention of Spider Man at the end of Ant Man. You know what? Ant Man is a good one. 